0: All right, well, let's get into today's message. And, of course, we always like to start with God's Word, set it into our hearts. And this one's going to sound like a funny one. It's from Proverbs, uh, which is a book of wisdom written by the wisest man that ever walked the earth and uh, other than Jesus. And this is what he says. Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. And if you think, I'm not a farmer or a rancher, that's okay. This still applies to you. We'll talk about how, but this is a very important one for us. So uh, let's set this to our hearts. Say it along with me. Here we go. Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. That's Proverbs twenty-seven twenty-three. All right, say it again. Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. Proverbs twenty-seven twenty-three. Alright, another time. Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. Proverbs 27, 23. All right, here we go. Next level. Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. Proverbs 27, 23. All right, one more time, just like this. Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. Proverbs 27, 23. All right, you guys have this the so last time. Here we go. Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. Proverbs 27:23. Oh, well done. Now think about this. We're going to talk about this morning, but uh, how God's word, how practical it is. You know, God's not just some ethereal, you know, saying, oh, just love everybody. He tells us how we're supposed to do that. He tells us how we're supposed to live a good life here in this world. And, and this is one of those practical things. Let me talk about, you can't get more nitty-gritty than ranching terms talking about money. Uh, but we go back to um, the, the first one, that we, the memory verse that we had in this service. I want you to see how the progression of, of, of these things. Now, in the very beginning, we talked about how the earth belongs to who? Yeah, yeah. The earth belongs to Lord, and everything in it. Okay, the world and all its people belong to Him. That's what. That's amazing thing. Like God owns everything, and that's very the heart of stewardship. We realize that we are just God's asset managers, and what a great thing that is. And then last week we talked about debt. How then He says, okay, He owns everything, including us. Then it says, don't love money. We can be content with what we have because it says, because God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. And then we know that we have this God who cares for us. He's given us everything that we need. And it helps us stay out of these traps like major debts and things like this and start to learn this contentment. And then we have this thing where God says, I've given you these things, not so that they can own you. But now he says, I want you to master them. Know well the condition of your flocks. Pay attention to your hurts. That God has designed us in this world, the very beginning at the creation, he said to us, go and and have dominion over all these things. Enjoy it. But we have to manage them well. And remember that he owns them, so we should manage them in a way that reflects his heart. One thing that we talk about here at the church, how we spend money, our philosophy is investing God's resources in in God's priorities. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we do that? How do we live this out? Well, um, money is a, is a funny thing. Um, I, have a, I think most of us have an interesting relationship. You ever, money's like dynamic. It doesn't stay put. It just flows. Have you ever had, like, you get money, and then you think you have it, and then it's just like gone. You're like, where did it all go? Has that ever happened to you? It's like an amazing thing. Money moves. That's why it's called currency, right? just <laughs> Right? It, it, you have to be able to say money is going to move. We're going to talk about a really uh, a, a difficult word for most people, and it's got a really negative connotation for most of us. It's got a word called budget. <laughs> right? This is Like me, I'm like, oh, budget. You know what a budget is, though? A budget is just a plan. It's a spending plan. A budget is what helps us direct that current. where we want it to go. It helps us to master the things that God has put us over. And so we're going to talk about how do we have this plan? How do we make a budgeting plan? And so we can tell the money where to go and it stops telling us where to go and what to do. And so the first thing we might want to ask is why make a budget? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, early on in my Christian faith, I always thought maybe budgets were a little less than spiritual, you know, for, there were carnal people that made budgets, right, that thought about money all the time, and so then their minds were on this world, and they should listen to John, First John, that says, don't love this world or anything in the world, because love of the Father is not in them, and I misapplied that, and I thought to the, well, who needs a budget, we'll just live by faith, right, that's a bad idea. <laughs> you know, I had to go back to God's Word and let it work in me and my heart, and uh, it's amazing how much God's word talks about how to be wise with what we do and why we would make a budget. And the very first one is this, is because it is wise. And we go to Proverbs, of course, twenty-seven, twenty-three, And that verse that we just memorized, it starts, it says, know the state of your flocks, give attention to your herds. But listen to where it keeps going. It says, this is the why you're supposed to do that. It says, for the riches don't last forever. And the crown might not be passed on to the next generation. And God's warning us, He's telling us, if you're not wise with the things that He's given you, they're gonna run out. Which makes sense. If we're not good stewards, right? If we're not good asset managers, and you say you own something, you had an asset manager working for you, and they did a lousy job, would you give them more things to manage? No, it makes no good sense. And it says this you know what we need to take take responsibility for ourselves. Christians can't just be out, well, we're going to pray that God gives us all good things, health and wealth and all this kind of stuff, and then live whatever kind of lives we want to and then blame him when we have bad consequences. It warns us right here that there are, we get to live with the consequences of how well we manage things. Know well. It doesn't just say, just kind of know the state of your flocks. Know the well of state of your flocks and give attention to your herds. Pay attention to what's happening with what you own. Because the reality is in what we live and how our wealth affects other people, is dependent a lot on how we how wise we are in managing it. It makes sense to budget. You know that verse actually goes on, it says this It says, After the hay is harvested and the new crop appears on the mountain and the mountain grasses are gathered in, which means after you've made your investment, right, after all of that stuff has happened, it says, Your sheep will provide wool and clothing, and your goats will provide the price for your field. And you will have enough goat for goat's milk for yourself and your family and your servant girls. It talks to us about if we manage and budget our, our finances well, God's resources, we're going to be taken care of. And not just us, but the people who depend upon us. What a great thing is that. There's two principles that I find in this. The first one is this. If you budget well, you're going to have enough to cover your expenses. Isn't that a good thing? Doesn't that go back to what we talked about before where God says don't love money? Be content with what you have. Why? For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Isn't it true that God truly will give us everything that we need, but then he trusts us? We're we're like little kids where God gives like, you know, some money to go down to the store to buy milk and stuff. And we walk into the store and we can spend that on bubble gum or little bouncy balls or whatever we want to. And if we spend it on those things, then we can't come back to him and say, why didn't you provide for my needs for milk and bread? I'm hungry. He's like, I did. We have to understand that God said he will provide what we need. Now we had to step up, be adult, and make sure that we spend well. And how do we do that? Well, it's wise to do. The second thing is that God, first is God will will give us enough to cover our expenses. We budget well, we're going to have enough. The second one is we budget uh, if we don't budget, we're going to struggle to meet our expenses, right? That's, I guess, the flip side. If we don't budget, we're not going to have enough. Not only are we not going to have enough for ourselves, but we're not going to have enough to pass on to inheritance for our children. We won't be able to bless the next generation. Because it says this, the riches don't last forever, and the crown might not be passed on to the next generation. What an amazing concept that is, that it's not just about us, right? And we have an opportunity with how we handle money to make a difference for our families and for other people, for that matter. And so we budget. The first reason we budget is because it's just, just because it's wise. But We also make a budget in Luke 14, so it says so we can prosper. And this is what it says. Now, context. Jesus isn't talking about money. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God in this passage and the cost of following him. Right? That if you're going to follow Jesus, you have to say to yourself, I'm dead. I'm dead to myself. My dreams, my ambitions, my life end right here because now I'm living for God and His things because here's the fact of the matter is I do a lousy job running my life and I run myself into death and into the ground. So I'm going to live a new life in Him. And, And Jesus said, don't come to the cross. Don't call yourself a Christian if you're not willing to follow Him. And that's the point that He's making here. Now look at the illustration He uses to make that. He says this, don't begin until you count the cost. And then... He goes on to say, this is so great, he says, for who would begin a construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete the foundation before and running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you, and they would say, there's that person who started that building who couldn't afford to finish it. Now, Jesus, of course, he's talking about discipleship and the cost of discipleship, but he uses something that's very familiar to all of us, right? Budgeting makes sense. If you don't count the cost, if you don't plan how things are going to happen, you're not going to finish well. And what's true in the spiritual world, as we follow Jesus, He even uses that as a very illustration for what it's like here in this, in this world. We can't prosper. We can't say to God, well, I'm just going to take what I have and just willy-nilly just live by faith and not know the condition of my flocks and just spend whatever my heart desires and I, what I feel like and then prosper. That's just not how it works. Think about what you need. Think about where you're going. How are you going to get there? God is a God of wisdom. Isn't that great? And so uh, we want to be able, God does not want, I'm going to say this, we want to be able to prosper, right? I'm, wanna, I'm. You know me. I'm not a health and wealth preacher at all. Like probably, I'm not like a poverty and suffering preacher either. I'm probably somewhere in the middle, uh, you know. Right. Well, here I am, a faithful preacher. I say well, we should live faithfully to God. But it's not wrong in our hearts to want to prosper and succeed. God desired to put those desires into us, right? But we have to understand the desire is just the start. There has to be work and discipline in between times. And God will let us reap the benefits of those things. And so a budget, is it work? Yeah, it's work. But it's work that God shows us will actually pay off and will allow us to be successful with the things that God has given us. So why budget? Because it helps us prosper. Another reason that we want to make a budget is this amazing thing is so we can be generous. And I think this is really, we're going to talk about this next week. That's the pinnacle of investing God's resources in God's heart, isn't it? See, and we're going to talk about this next week, but but, uh, generosity is not giving money away. It's fact, the exact opposite. It's investing in eternity. And we can't get there until we go through the budget. If we don't know the state of our flocks, then we don't have enough to cover our basic needs, and we're going to be living either in debt, which is in bondage, or we're going to be living in just survival mode. Unable to do the great things that God has called us to do with his enormous wealth. Jesus even said, it's better to give and receive. Generosity is fun. That's why next week, that's like fun. Don't we like Christmas time? We go out and we're like, oh, I want to give somebody something they're going to love. It expresses heart. Or when you see somebody and they have a need and you're able to meet, it just makes you feel so good. You're investing in something that you have a passion about. That's a great feeling. And Jesus is right. It is better to give and receive. You know, He's always right, so that's, that's simple. But we'll talk about that. But you know, Paul talking to the Corinthians talks about how we can be generous in this way, and this is a verse that's oftentimes misapplied in the wrong places. But First Corinthians 6:2 it says this: On the first day of each week, you should each put up aside a portion of money that you have earned, and says, "Don't wait till I get there and then try to collect it all at once." Right? He's telling the Corinthian church, start saving now, and they're going to save for something. Now, obviously, yes, they did take their tithes and offerings on. On the first of the week, the church is an extension of the Jewish faith, right? We're the continuation. The Messiah has come, and we believe in him, right? So all the things that happened back that we understand, the way that they would worship, the worship services, how we operated. Yes, there was a tithe, and all that was collected. But this, is not, this passage doesn't talk about that. This passage talks about a collection for the churches in Rome, because, the, or back of Jerusalem. This is talking about uh, the, the church in Jerusalem was per- going under persecution. Why? Because... Jesus was just killed there not very long ago, right? And then all the people that came to Christianity, they, they were being kicked out of their families and they are having a lot of suffering. And so the Christians, we stick together. We care for them because we're family. And he says to them, and he's, he's actually boasting about them in 2 Corinthians. He's actually talking them up in Macedonia around Greece. And he's saying to them, these guys are already taking an offering for Jerusalem. You should be like them, right? So he says, so when I get there, make sure you have an offering so you don't embarrass me, right? which I think is great. That's actually in Scripture. But in 1 Corinthians, when he first talks about, he says, this is how you can be generous. Generosity doesn't happen by accident. He says, even now, I'm not even on my way to you yet. (laughs) But even now, every week, just set a little aside. You know how much money you have. Start budging. Just a little, set it aside every single week. Bring it in, put it together in the pot. So that way when I get there, it's not going to be some mad scramble to figure out how we're going to take up an offering for these people in Jerusalem. See, generosity shouldn't be our leftovers. It's planned. And we can't plan our generosity. We can't ask God, God, where do you want me to send your, recess, your resources? You've given me a lot of assets to manage. Where do you want me to take them? Right. If we're not thinking about we're not asking God, then, then it's, what's going to happen is we're going to miss the need, and then all of a sudden it's going to become apparent, and we're not going to have enough right now to meet it. And we will have mismanaged God's resources. And we're going to be like, oh, and we're going to have this mad scramble. We're going to feel yucky inside because we felt like, oh, I wish I could do more. Well, you could have done more if we would have budgeted and planned for these things. And so he tells us this great principle. Start setting aside. Start in your budget. Start thinking about how am I going to be generous? Where does God want me to invest in the kingdom? How do I do that? And then they do it systematically, little by little. And, and uh, of course, in that Second Corinthians passage, That's 2 Corinthians 9 when he tells them, hey, I'm coming now, so you better have an offering because if you don't, we're all going to be really embarrassed. He says this, he says, and God will generously provide all you need, and then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over. Why? To share with others. As the Scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. We get to invest in the kingdom, but we have to in eternity. And in order to do that, the, the path to generosity is paved on a budget, and I think that's pretty great. So how do we do it? Because I don't know if you like me. I didn't learn how to make a budget. I didn't grow up in a household where that was just part of our conversation. My parents took care of those things for me, which was great. You know, always had food, always had clothes, always was able to do whatever I needed to do. Didn't think about it, right? And then I grew up in Estes where, like, a summer job, if you want a job, you just go down and get one, right? Like, we always had cash, but all my f- – my necessities were taken care of. So it was kind of just like fun, right? I saved for college. That was great. But other than that, we just went out and, you know, you got a job. You go, go on a couple dates, drive a nice car, whatever. I didn't drive a nice car, but a lot of my friends did. And the thing was, is that you just had money. You just spent it. I didn't understand the principles. And they didn't teach it in school. And maybe you're saying this morning, you think, man, my finances are a mess. I don't know the state of my flocks. I can't even pay attention to my herds because they're like all over the place. Crazy. How do I get around? No one's taught me. Don't feel bad if you've never been taught, but it's time to learn. And there's a lot of great resources. I spent like two years going through because I I need a lot of training. And I went through and I got to learn these. It's amazing. Uh, Simple stuff. How do we make a budget? And it sounds so scary but it's really not that bad. Now, the first thing you got to do is you got to determine your income. I and mean, this is another way of saying all the money that's coming in, that's why I call it income. Isn't that handy? Like I always thought budgeting terms were so scary until I started thinking about them. I was like, oh, how much money is coming in, right? How often do you do this? Well, I don't know. If you get paid every two weeks, then make a budget every two weeks. If you get paid once a month, make a budget once a month, right? That's Think about how much money you're going to have coming in because it's fluid, and you got to think, okay, how much am I going? How much of God's resources do I have a chance to manage for Him? And you have to know how much is coming in. And you might say, well, I own my own business, and it fluctuates, right? It's crazy. There are some tools that you can use. Um, we have a Financial Peace University, which I invite anyone to join, and you could, there's actually a bulletin there starts in January, give you some really great tools to how to handle things like that. Um, there's also, uh, you know, financial peace university online has forms and tools. You can go on there and they can help you with those things, but there are ways that you can actually, even if you have a, a shifting, uh, budget, how to kind of put a handle on that. And it's, it's a lot easier than, uh, than, uh, wrangling cats. I promise it's, it's actually not too scary. And so there are tools that you can use, but you have to start with saying, I need to know how much income I have. Okay. So start there. The next thing you have to do at this, uh, this makes a lot of sense. Then is discover how much is going out, right? It's flowing somewhere, and I don't know if maybe like you or maybe like I was that you would go at the end of the month. And you're like, where did all the money go? I had, I know that I had more than this. Well, it went somewhere, and the cool thing about money is it leaves little trails, right? You can follow and track them down. You got to figure out where is my money going to. How do you do this? Well, there's some things that helped. Uh, what my wife and I did, and this was. Painful for me. I will tell you not all of this is fun, but this was the hard part is we went to the bank and we got bank statements and (laughs) we looked at where our money was going because we don't use cash very often. uh, And so uh, most of it could be tracked. Right. And then we figured out, we, we discovered not only the amounts that was going to different places, but also the categories. And, and we had some tools that we used to get categories. There are lots of those. Again, Financial Peace University online, uh, tons of these tools to help you categorize them. At first, we just kind of made up our own. We're like, this goes to food, and this goes to fun, and this goes to, to house, right? That was our level. But you have to start somewhere. But, but you want two things you want to have a category where is it going? And you want an amount, how much is going there. Okay? And then in those, you could separate them. What are the ones that come out like every month? Like you probably have rent or a mortgage that's going to come out. It's probably about the same every month. And you're going to have things that might be fluctuating maybe in that same kind of category. Uh, you know, Like if you have a car, then maybe you have a car payment. That's going to stay the same. But maybe you have gas, and gas goes up. And well, We don't all know that, right? It goes up and down. You've got to kind of figure out how much on average is in there per category. Where is it going to? So then you have at least an idea. Now you understand the state of your flocks, right? You pay attention. You know where the money is and you know where it's going. Now, what you can do is you could take your income and you could subtract your expenses. And if that's a positive number, you can throw a little happy dance, (laughs) right? You still have work to do, but that's a happy, happy moment. If it is a negative number, don't flip out, right? What that means is that, yeah, you've got some work to do, but now at least you know why you're in the state that you're in. And now you have power to adjust. Now you can change things. And so you've got to start with those first two things. The next thing you got to do is then make a plan. If you have extra money, you need to look through and say, okay, this is what we are spending. This is great. And then we have a little extra. What are we going to do with that extra? Right? Because God didn't bless you with extra just because he was like, oh, I've got a little extra here, I'm just going to give it to that person. God is smart and he's investing his resources in this world for a reason. Then You need to ask him, what am I supposed to be doing with this? Start praying about it. Start talking maybe to a financial advisor. Start thinking about what is it that I am supposed to be doing with this? If you have a negative amount, you get to start looking into your budget and there are some things that you might want to look at. One, are you spending proportionally? And there are some... Uh, Again, great tools, Financial Peace University Online has got some fantastic ones. We've got some in the back that tell you, like uh, you're supposed to be sending, what, uh, 20 to, to 30% on your house. Well, if you're spending 50% on your mortgage, chances are you probably should find a different house. That's okay. Or, you know, you should be looking and say, am I spending kind of proportionally correctly? Uh, some other things you can look at is say, what are the things that are going to not going to change? Like my mortgage, things like this, student loan. And look at the things that are going to change, and you say, can I adjust those things that are, need to change, like budget, groceries, dining out, uh, you know, entertainment? Can I take those expenses, can I shrink them down and put them into uh, a more manageable space? All right, so adjust what you can and see if you can get yourself at least zeroed out. And that's really where you want to be. Uh, I used to think that if you had a budget and you had extra money, that was great. And this is my wife and I got in trouble with this at first because we would always budget, and then we would always budget to have extra that was great. You know what happens when you do that? Then you get lazy with your budget because you're like, I've got extra. And then you know what happens is that extra isn't as much as you think it is because then you start getting lazy and then that extra goes away and then all of a sudden you're spending too much on all kinds of things. Budget out to zero. Know exactly where every dollar is going because it's not your money, it's God's. And he wants to know where it is. So get yourself, say this is how much is coming in, this is where it's going, and make a plan. Now, here's what happens when you first make a plan. If you're like most people, you're not going to be great at it. It is a skill. It's like riding a bike. Did anybody ever, when they first learned to ride a bike, just get on and just, like, start cruising right away and start taking your hands off and popping wheelies? No, because we're not, like, superheroes like that. We're human. And when you learn something new, you're going to fall down a lot at first, aren't you? Does it mean you just give up? You're like, I'll never get it. No, that would be stupid you have to realize is that it's going to be hard, and you're going to have to learn, and it's going to be difficult at first, but you just keep getting back up and keep trying. So like the first budget my wife and I made, uh, it was only for two weeks because I get paid every two weeks. And uh, so uh, so we made it for a two-week thing, and I think in that first two weeks, we revisited that budget probably 80 times and uh, because uh, we thought, well, this is how much we spend, and guess what? That month was different. There are all kinds of different things that I forgot to add into it. There were things for school, and they were, you know, for Thomas, and they were things for the car that weren't in our normal stuff. And I was just like, ah, oh, right. So then we had to keep adjusting. And then the next month, we made probably 50 adjustments. And then the third month, probably 40. And then, you know, and as we kept doing it, um, like when we first started making the budget, it took a long time. It took like an hour and a half sitting down trying to figure out how do we make this, where is it all going to go. And then we had to keep revisiting. That's okay. Revisit, revisit, revisit. You know what happens now? It's like 15 minutes twice a month to make my budget. So easy. So super easy. It just starts to become just like riding a bike or driving a car. It becomes something that you just get in the habit of doing, and it becomes much easier. So, so make a plan. You've got to make a plan and be willing to, to do the work that it takes to get good at it. And then the hardest part then is then to work your plan. Have you ever made a budget and then just totally not kept it? You know, like, like well, I've been there. You know, you make a budget, you like, this is brilliant. And then you say, like, I'm so happy. I, look at this beautiful budget. It's awesome. Every dollar accounted for. And then you put it in a closet, and then you spend however you want to in the month, and you come back. The next month you're like, oh, man. You have to work it. And that's the part where people feel like, oh, I'm so, like the budget is ruling me. It is not ruling you. You're the one who made the budget. You are king and queen of the budget. You made it, right? Now it's your plan. And so you get to go through and actually live out the plan. And if it's not working, then revisit it, right? But you still have to account for every single dollar. And if you do that, and the longer you do it, the better you get at it. The more you're going to understand, you're going to pay attention to the state of your flocks. And and that's going to be an amazing thing. You see, that's when you take this, which used to be a burden, and it becomes something that actually helps lift you up. Isn't that an amazing thing? And that's really what we want to do. Because we want to get to a point that's beyond just survival as Christians, right? We want to get to a point that is not just about me making it through this life, but get to the reality of the fact is that this world isn't about you and me. And it's not really about this world at all. It tells us in Scripture this place is just a vapor. It's quickly passing away. But the eternal life that is coming will last forever. And that's what we need to live for. And once we get this in order, we can then financially in a lot of ways and in our own lives start living for bigger things, for things that outlast this world. We're going to talk about that next week, about the power of generosity and the freedom that it is. It's a great thing. So as we bring this message to a close, uh, some... uh, some things that maybe to help us with, maybe some next steps. Uh, you take out your connection card here because I've got some ideas in the back. We want to know well the condition of our flocks. We want to give attention to our herds. We want to be able to do that. How do we start with that? Well, on the back side, I have some suggestions. And the first is this. Why don't you start by memorizing Proverbs twenty-seven twenty-three? Maybe budgeting is like a whole new concept for you. Maybe it's today is the first time that you've ever thought about it as actually being a spiritual discipline about understanding that we are God's asset managers, and this is a way that very practically we can start living that out. You know what? Uh, This was a really important passage for me as Amy and I started budgeting because it just went against the grain of everything in me to sit down and to look at numbers on a spreadsheet. It's like, oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. But if I knew this was God's and he said, I want you to do this, pay attention to your flocks, right? I was like, okay. This verse is what gave me the power to power through all those, the difficult times when I was learning to do this. God's word is an amazing thing. And I started to think about the impact that it has. You know, let God's word do its work on your heart and your life because it does bear fruit. So maybe that's where you start. You know what you might want to read? Maybe it's uh, Luke 16. Luke 16 is a, a really cool passage because in Luke 16, Jesus gives two parables. One talks about how you use wealth to invest in the kingdom. Right, how to get into heaven is how one person puts it. But obviously, we're not saved by how we use wealth. But he uses how we use wealth for heavenly things and how we actually li- use it for the right purposes. And he gives another parable of how we can use wealth basically to stay out of the kingdom. Right, how we use it in the wrong way. Two parables, and it's those are really strong, powerful parables. And, and uh, if you want to read kind of Jesus's heart and his uh, his ideas about how wealth was designed to be used, read Luke 16. Great stuff. How about this? Uh, maybe your action point today is Do you say, I need to make a budget. That's If you don't have one, I really encourage you, let's start here. And, um, and you, maybe you're here and you, you are really good at making budgets. And you maybe you've done them for a long time. Maybe your action step is you right there on the bottom, I can help somebody else make a budget. Because you know what, we're a church family. And if you're really good at this, I guarantee there's somebody else in the church who might not be. And so maybe that's your thing is you say, I can help somebody make a budget and help them keep it. That's a, that's a great thing to do. But maybe if you're there and you say, you want to make a budget, that's great. You know what? Maybe you want to join the Financial Peace University. You say, coming in January, it's, it's 10 weeks. It's going to be right here at the church from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock. There's a, there's a bulletin thing, insert there. You say, you know what, I want to learn these, what we've been talking about. I want to see it much bigger. I want to see it fleshed. Out. I want to have a lot more help and a lot more tools um, you say, I want, to, I want some information. I want to join that Financial Peace University. Maybe that's your next step is to get educated. And a nice thing about Financial Peace University, it comes from a biblical perspective. It starts with the scripture. And it says, what does God say about money? And then it goes to the very practical side. Then how do we p- play this out? And if that's you and you could use that extra help, that's why we hold it here at the church. Um, and so maybe that's your next step. Um, maybe there's something else a different thing that you have, another uh, something that I didn't think of, the Holy Spirit's been working on you, and you say, this is what I need to do this week. Uh, write that down, because we'll be praying with you and for you as you keep that commitment. Maybe there's a different commitment that you have, or or maybe you just have a prayer request. You know the amazing thing is that um, God is so much more than just cares about our health and our wealth. He cares about our hearts and our spirits and our eternities. And then if He cares about those big things, how much more than is, can we then trust Him with these the health and the wealth and all those other things. You know, God is an amazing God, and He asks us to go to Him and have a relationship with and talk to Him. That's why we can have peace in Him. And if you have something, a burden right now, maybe you have a, a big worry, maybe it's a massive financial worry, you know, Jesus said, bring to Him your cares, your burdens, and, and let Him carry. And if you would like the church to help you and, and, and talk to God with you, on these things. We love to do that. In fact, if you write a prayer request, we do. We pray for you all week long and it's one of the ways that we're honored and we love to serve you. So write those down. And then here in a couple minutes, we're going to take our offerings, our tithes. And as we do that and the baskets are passed, I would like you to take this connection card and also put it into the offering basket. Uh, And uh, one that lets us know that you're here so I know to pray for you. Let's me know who wasn't here so I can reach out to them and pray with them and, and care for them. But it also lets me know what commitments you made, what prayer requests you have so we can serve you. And so please do that as we have our, take our offerings in just a couple minutes. Before we do that, however, uh, we always like to talk to God and respond to him. And so uh, this morning as we go in prayer, some things that I think are important for us to, to, to talk to him about. This is Thanksgiving week. And what an amazing thing to think about. every All the good gifts that we have, it says in Scripture, come t- for, to us from God. And what an amazing opportunity for us to step back and to look at our lives and just to be grateful for the things, not just the the material things, but the people, the opportunities that God has for us, and to be able to, to enter into a relationship with Him out of gratitude. That sets us in the right heart mode. That's a great thing to start with. We can also pray about some things today too. Uh, Wisdom for our leaders as to what to do with uh, the refugees and with world peace and all that kind of stuff. Um, Our leaders in the world, and many of whom don't have the benefit of the Holy Spirit in their life, they need Christians to be praying for them. And we need to be lifting them up for wisdom for them and for character and, and for discernment. We also need to be praying for our brothers and sisters throughout the world that are being persecuted for their faith. Uh, we get to give thanks this week. And I think a lot of them are very grateful for the fact that they have a God who, who cares for them. But we need to be a church family that also supports them. So we need to be praying for them. Uh, of course, if there's anything else on your heart, you can voice those concerns and those uh, prayer things as well. It's one of the reasons we go to God. So uh, please join me in prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, we are grateful for you and who you are. And today, Lord, I admit, not my favorite topic, but Lord, your word covers everything, and I'm grateful that it does. Everything that we need in this life to live the life that you called us to. And so, Father, even in the simple and the very practical things, even budgets, Lord, that you can be the Lord of our life. And Father, I pray that you would help us as a church to bend our knee to you as we invest your resources and what your heart desires them to be invested in, knowing that, when we work with you, God, you always have our best interests in heart. That's what you means when you say you love us. And uh, well, we're grateful. We're grateful for you, first of all, for who you are. And, and, and just the fact that you are good. You didn't have to be, but you are. And you didn't have to be loving, but, but you are. And you didn't have to care for us, but you do. And so we're thankful for you, Father. But we're also thankful for the many ways that you bless us and we see that the things that we have in this life aren't just there because we've somehow earned everything but because you're a god who cares for us and gives us everything that we need and then you give us the dignity lord to to manage those things and so father as we go into this holiday season and we and we think about family and friends and and all the things that we are coming up i pray father that you wouldn't help us just to budget our finances well but also the opportunities that you bring before us help us to show your love and to share your love with our family members and and uh, father our friends who have no concept of why this season is holy help us to love them and father i pray even in the finances uh, even in this time if there are those here that feel defeated or upset or or, or just uh, uh, discouraged by the state of their flocks, I pray that your comfort will be with them, knowing, remind them that you're never going to leave, never going to fail them. And it's always the right time to learn faithfulness. So, Father, I pray that you wouldn't just help them with that encouragement, but, Father, give them the tools and the people that they need to walk faithfully in this way. And, Father, as we do that, I pray too, as we, as a church, uh, honor you with what you've given us, help us, Father, not to become conceited, with the things that you have given us. Let us not find a love for money or this world, uh, Father, that would trap us and and, and enslave us again to the material things. But, Father, help us to put those under submission to your will and that you would receive glory and honor. And, Father, that you would help us to grow more in Christ's likeness in our hearts and our desires.